the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, he continues his study in the book of John, the 18th chapter and a section where the high priests are challenging Jesus with questions. Now Jesus' reply doesn't mention the disciples and it's clear here that he is going to protect them to the very end. He knew that until they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were ill-equipped to handle any persecution. Thank you for joining us on this Friday here on Study Verse by Verse. And as always, I encourage you to grab your Bible and follow along as Pastor Layton continues to work his way through the 18th chapter of the book of John. And we pick up with uh, some elaboration on verse 19. Now, the high priest questions Jesus about two matters, the first being his disciples and the second being his teaching. The first was probably to identify the potential for uh, possible conspiracy. And uh, the second is to try to find some theological issue, some heresy they could use to uh, condemn him to death in their own court system. That would work in their court system, but it wouldn't work in the Roman court system. So uh, they presented the case to Pilate not as a theological heresy, but rather as a political issue. You see, they presented Jesus as claiming to be the Messiah, the King of the Jews. The Roman Empire had only one king, and that king was Caesar. There could be no other king, and anyone claiming to be a king must necessarily then be put to death. Now, Jesus' reply doesn't mention the disciples, and it's clear here that he is going to protect them to the very end. He knew that until they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were ill-equipped to handle any persecution. And that's obvious, made obvious by Peter's continuing denials. Verse 25, Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You are also not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Now remember this scene is probably in the courtyard of Annas' house, and some commentators have thought that as Jesus was being taken away from Annas and to Caiaphas, he went through this courtyard, and it was on that occasion that he turned and looked at Peter after Peter's third denial. Now there is what might appear at first to be a difficulty arising from the fact that the four Gospels describe differently uh, the way in which this second question was put. John speaks in general terms, he says, they... Matthew and Mark mention a girl, and Luke mentions a man. And so part of the difficulty arises from the fact that we unconsciously think that this question arose from one person. 
Now, we think that through, we'll realize that night probably wasn't the case. You see, there's a group of people standing around murmuring and having various conversations around the fire. It's obvious that Peter didn't keep his mouth shut. Now, that's not obvious in this gospel. It's obvious in the other gospels because the, the people there picked up on his Galilean accent. And so it might have been that there are a couple of people going listening to him and, and you know, you're not one, one of the, his disciples, are you? And the way that the question was formed in the original language indicated they were looking for the answer no. And uh, after all, this was the last place anyone would expect a follower of Jesus to be. This courtyard, this night. And they didn't really treat the possibility seriously, and that probably explains why there was no effort made to hold Peter for questioning, even though there was a number of people who were asking if he might be a follower of Jesus. But the last question and the last person to question was different. The question of the last questioner is looking for an affirmative answer. And the last person to question was a relative of Malchus. Again, only John's gospel tells us this. And therefore, he would have had a particular interest in the man who had struck out with the sword. But that had been done in an uncertain light amongst a lot of commotion And so the relative could not be absolutely sure it was Peter that he had seen doing that act. And and that would be complicated by the fact that right now where they were, the light was very dim indeed. You see, the fire here is described as a charcoal fire. If it was a regular fire, then there would be light dancing all over the place. But a charcoal fire only glows a dull red. It's enough to affect a person's night vision but it's not enough to make features distinct. And so, for a third time, Peter denies any connection with Jesus. And you'll notice here that John doesn't use Peter's exact words. He simply says, again, Peter denied it. He doesn't mention the fact that on this time, uh, Peter responded with curses. Uh, Peter became a sailor again. Peter became a fisherman again, and he breathed out oaths and curses to make sure that everybody understood that he was not associated, didn't want any association with Jesus. John also does not mention the bitter tears that followed the crowing of the rooster. His emphasis was to, to emphasize the fulfillment of Jesus' words to Peter. A commentator named Lightfoot points out that except for Pilate's fear, that's mentioned in chapter 19, verse 8, there's no mention made of people's emotions in either chapter 18 or chapter 19 that John concentrates on providing us the facts. Now, as I was reading through, I came across another piece of information that I thought was fascinating. I pass it on to you. Um... We, when we hear about the cock crowing, we tend to think in terms of a cock, rooster, crowing. And that may have been the case. But there's also another possible de- description of this cock crow. And that is that the Romans had a certain military practice. And they divided the night into four watches. Uh, from 6 to 9 p.m., from 9 p.m. to midnight, from midnight to 3 o'clock in the morning, from 3 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the morning. And after the third watch, at 3 o'clock in the morning, they would blow a trumpet 
to announce the change of guard, and that was called in Latin Galicinium, which means cockcrow. And so it might be possible that what Jesus was telling Peter is before the trumpet called cockcrow blows, you will have denied me three times. In conclusion, William Barclay wrote, No man has ever been so unjustly treated as Peter by preachers and commentators. Always what is stressed is his failure and his shame. But there are other things we must remember. We must remember that all of the other disciples, except John, if he's the unnamed disciple, had forsaken Jesus and fled. Think further of what Peter had done. He alone drew his sword against fearful odds in the garden. Somewhere between 200 and 1,000 Roman soldiers, one man and a sword. He alone followed Jesus into that courtyard. The first thing to remember about Peter is not his failure, but his courage, which kept him near to Jesus when everyone else had run away. His failure could have happened only to a man of superlative courage. True, he failed. But he failed in a situation which none of the other disciples even dared to face. He failed not because he was a coward, but because he was brave. He was a brave man, but he also was a boastful man. Brave is good, boastful is not. The story of Peter's denials is a warning to anyone who wants to boast about their faithfulness to Christ. Such boasting is an invitation to failure. J. Vernon McGee wrote, Why is it that Simon Peter, who did a deed as dastardly as Judas, could make his way back to the Lord? The answer, because he was a child of God, and it broke his heart to know what he had done. A child of God may get far from God, but God is never far from him. He's always there. And he's always available. The Lord never said to Peter, I'm sorry, but because you failed me, I just can't use you anymore. No. He appeared personally to Peter after his resurrection. And he elected Peter to preach the first sermon on the day of Pentecost. There has never been a sermon like it. Thank God for a Savior and a Lord like that. He will always take you back. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes because we may have some among us today who've drifted far from the Lord and you've become convinced in your own heart and mind that there's no possible way that Jesus can forgive you and take you back. I hope that our study of Peter today is encouraging you that that's not the truth. When you think about who Peter was and how special his knowledge of Jesus was. He walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus for the three years of his earthly ministry. He saw Jesus' glory shown on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw Jesus heal people from sick and raise them from the dead. He saw Jesus walk on water 
In fact, he himself was the only disciple who got out of the boat. He had a very special knowledge and relationship with Jesus, and yet he failed him. And Jesus forgave him and welcomed him back. Jesus wants to welcome you back. If you have questions about what you've just heard on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse, then give us a call at Church of the Highlands. Our number is 650-873-4095. Again, that's 650-873-4095. If you missed that number, go to our website at highlands.us and uh, click on the contact link. That's highlands.us. Well, we're very close to December, aren't we? And what a month that will be at Church of the Highlands. There are so many special Christmas events planned at Church of the Highlands, and I'll be uh, sharing some details with you about those in the coming weeks. You can find those specifics already on that website, highlands.us. And of course, we always encourage you to join us each day here on this broadcast. We're here Monday through Friday at this same time. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and join us on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.